I'm Richard Ramsey, and this is the Ulster Economics Podcast. The podcast that keeps you up to date with what is happening economy-wise in Northern Ireland, telling you what you need to know, but not necessarily what you want to hear. It is better to be prepared for the economic environment we're operating in and not the world we would like to be in. Episode 3, Breakthrough. You wait ages and then three come along at once. I'm not talking about buses, but vaccines. Since March, it has been clear that a highly effective vaccine is required to cope with COVID-19. A sustained and meaningful economic recovery can only take hold if one is found. Following the encouraging news on three potential vaccines, hope has returned. First out of the traps was Pfizer and BioNTech and their successful trials. Their news on the 9th of November saw the share price of Zoom and Peloton slump, while those of airlines and cruise ships soar. A fresh round of lockdown restrictions in November, extending into December, coupled with the incoming news on the vaccine front, has seen economists continue to revise down economic forecasts for 2020 and simultaneously revise up growth expectations for 2021. This doesn't mean that the sunlit uplands are around the corner. The Chancellor reminded us that our health emergency is not yet over and our economic emergency has only just begun. In the spirit of Tony Blair's Education, 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 Sunak's spending review speech was Emergency, 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 where he outlined the UK's three emergencies, namely health, economic and fiscal. There is no vaccine for a recession, just painkillers. The Chancellor's unprecedented levels of fiscal support have numbed and deferred much of the economic pain so far, but that pain cannot be avoided. When the economy contracts at its steepest pace in 300 years, there is going to be a backwash of economic pain. Unemployment in the UK and Northern Ireland will soar and many firms will go out of business. In the meantime, there is no shortage of cash being thrown at the health and economic problems. Northern Ireland's executive last week launched a £300 million package One of the most eye-catching policies is the proposed High Street Voucher Scheme. While vouchers are always popular this time of year, they have now entered the government's policy toolbox too. We were also reminded last week for the first time of the third emergency, what Rishi Sunak called a domestic fiscal emergency. This is over-egging the current challenges facing the UK public finances. Instead, it provided cover to introduce a public sector pay freeze and reduce the UK's contribution to overseas aid. Nevertheless, while a fiscal emergency isn't on the radar yet, the fiscal challenges will need to be tackled in budgets to come. More taxation is a given. So what about the local economy? What is the incoming economic data and news telling us about the strength of the recovery? The reintroduction of lockdown restrictions in Northern Ireland throttled what little momentum there was from the third quarter. New orders fell in October for the third month running. That was enough to bring business activity, according to the Northern Ireland PMI survey, to a grinding halt in October. Construction was the only sector to post a rise in both output and new orders, with new orders increasing at their fastest pace in 56 months. U-turns are all the rage these days and Northern Ireland's service sector performed one. Following robust growth in September, local services sector spun a 180 with activity falling in October. All four sectors, which is manufacturing, services, construction and retail, all reduced employment levels in October. Even with the furlough period extended to the end of March 2021, Caterpillar has highlighted that pressures on competitiveness mean that chunky job losses are still inevitable. 
November's PMI survey is expected to reveal a contraction in uh, private sector activity, not just in Northern Ireland, but also across most of the UK regions. Indeed, Q4 is expected to be a quarter of contraction. Record redundancies was the headline for both the UK and Northern Ireland in the latest batch of labour market statistics. Both saw further signs of deterioration, with unemployment rates pushing higher. However, few of the headlines, bar redundancies, are screaming recession. For example, the unemployment rate for Northern Ireland in Q3 is up one percentage point relative to Q2 to 3.6%. This is a steep rise but remains historically very low, although the youth unemployment rate is over three times the headline figure at 11.5%. The claimant count, which measures those individuals claiming unemployment-related benefits, such as uh, Job Seekers Alliance, doubled in a matter of weeks at the start of the crisis, but has been trending lower in the five months since May's peak. Northern Ireland's unemployment rate is destined to go much higher, but the Chancellor's extension of the furlough scheme until the end of March next year will both delay and reduce the peak. Indeed, a double-digit unemployment rate of 10% plus now looks less likely. It is noted that there were 54,100 jobs still furloughed at the end of September. That's down from 77,500 at the end of August. With the job retention scheme extended into next year, we can expect the number of people going back on furlough to go back into six figures. HMRC's new timely jobs indicator reveals a modest monthly rise in Northern Ireland payroll numbers in September, although there were over 11,000 fewer people on local payrolls relative to March. There are a few labour market statistics and uh, trends worth noting. When we consider that the unemployment rate is still low, underemployment is running at 6.8% in 2019. That is those people who like to work more hours in their current job or a different one. Also, the number of hours that people work, if we look in the third quarter of 2020, were down almost 9% year on year, which equates to three hours a week. Self-employment has also seen big changes as well, with the number of self-employed falling by 14% year-on-year in in the third quarter. That equates to 18,000 individuals. But a significant proportion of this group appear to have moved into work as employees, potentially the motive there being out of necessity. The pandemic has also triggered an exodus of foreign-born workers in the UK, which have declined by 600,000 in one year to the third quarter of 2020. And this has acted as a domestic safety valve on unemployment. Data limitations make it more difficult to see the Northern Ireland picture, but it is noted that the number of EU26-born individuals working in Northern Ireland has fallen by 44% or 24,000 over the four years to Q3 2020. Redundancies are still coming in thick and fast with 820 proposed in October and a further 710 proposed during the first week of November. And that data excludes the shock announcement that Caterpillar is shedding 700 jobs next year. Over the year to the 31st of October 2020, 9,600 redundancies were proposed by local employers, marking the highest annual total on record. Clearly, not all proposed redundancies will come to fruition. Nevertheless, confirmed redundancies are trending higher too. Some 1,240 jobs were lost in October, and this represented the highest figure so far this year. That's not surprising, as it coincided with when the furlough scheme was due to expire before it was subsequently extended. Meanwhile, on the earnings front, NISRA has published its annual survey of hours and earnings. 
On an annual basis, median earnings for full-time employees in Northern Ireland increased to £28,324. After adjusting for inflation, that still remains 2.5% below the median earnings for a full-time employee back in 2009. But within that, whilst private sector earnings have recovered above their 2009 levels, public sector wages haven't. Indeed, the median public sector wage in April 2020 stood at £32,391, remains almost £2,000 below, or 5.7%, the corresponding level in 2009 after adjusting for inflation. Multi-year pay freezes had a hand in that, and they may be returning. The UK Chancellor announced a pay freeze, or rather a pay pause, for non-NHS public sector workers and those earning above £24,000 per year. It remains to be seen what the Northern Ireland executive will do or can afford. Incidentally, to make it into the top 5% of full-time earners in Northern Ireland, you have to be earning over £64,300 per year. What we can see in the wages data is that in the year to the end of April, annual earnings of full-time employees working in Northern Ireland's private sector finally exceeded their previous peak in 2008. However, when we look at the weekly earnings data, it shows the extent to which COVID-19 began to impact on people's pay packets at the end of the reporting year. The survey revealed the largest annual decrease in weekly earnings of full-time employees on record. Adjusting for inflation, this represented a decline of 2% and takes weekly earnings back to around 2010 levels. Not surprisingly, the private sector, which accounted for most of the furloughed employment, posted a steeper decline, 3.2% year-on-year, than the public sector, which saw weekly wages fall by less than 1%. At a sectoral level, some manufacturing subsectors also recorded falls in weekly earnings of almost a third, while some areas of construction saw wages decline by a quarter, and the hospitality sector saw declines of over one-fifth. We're also seeing signs of uh, economic recovery with new car sales and uh, the local property market. Northern Ireland's new car sales market remains subdued, but there are signs of a modest recovery in train. Local showrooms saw new vehicle sales slump by 76% year-on-year during the lockdown-blighted second quarter. Sales rose 6% year-on-year in the third quarter and have started the fourth quarter with a 2.5% year-on-year rise in October. Although October sales were still the second weakest in the last eight years, and when we look at car sale, new car sales year-to-date, they're down almost one-third, which equates to 14,800 fewer new car sales relative to the same 10-month period in 2019. Unlike the car market, the release of pent-up demand is more evident within the property market. Since the record declines in Q2, the recovery in aspects of the residential property market has been somewhat V-shaped. Residential transactions rebounded by a whopping 157% quarter-on-quarter in the third quarter. That followed Q2's record decline, though transactions were still down over one-fifth year-on-year. But October's figures have finally shown the scale of pent-up demand now feeding through. There were over 3,000 transactions in October, which contrasts with just over 400 back at the low in April. October's rise marked a 
18% increase on last year and was the strongest October for sales in 14 years. Despite this surge, however, sales for the first 10 months of the year are still down 26% relative to the same period last year. It's not just property sales, but actual house building that is in recovery mode as well. Housing starts rebounded in the third quarter, but we're still 14% lower than a year ago. Indeed, the latest period was the weakest Q3 in six years. Completions were more affected by social distancing restrictions, hence the 61% record year-on-year slump in the second quarter, with just 691 houses completed. Many of these unfinished dwellings, however, were completed in the third quarter instead, 1,831 dwellings completed. That sounds like a significant rebound, but it is only 1% higher than a year ago. And when we look at three quarters of the way through the year, in terms of house building, house completions are still down 22% year on year, which is 1,200 fewer houses completed. This reduction in supply offers some support for house prices. Following the 2007 property peak, Northern Ireland's property prices experienced a six-year famine. Since then, they've enjoyed almost seven years of year-on-year growth, with prices rising by 47% since their 2013 low. But they still remain 36% adrift of 2007's freak peak. A 1.5% quarterly rise in Q3 took the standardised local house price to £143,205. That's 2.4% higher than a year ago, which is the weakest annual price rise in almost seven years. So clearly house price inflation is slowing. Meanwhile, prices in the Republic of Ireland fell by almost 1% year on year in the third quarter. And the Office for Budget Responsibility is forecasting house price declines in 2021 and 2022 for the UK. So clearly local prices could start heading south next year too. Looking at the non-residential markets recovery, uh, it has been less vigorous, and this includes commercial and industrial sales. October saw twice as many transactions occur relative to April's low, but non-residential sales were still 7% lower than a year ago, and the weakest October in five years. With just two months of 2020 left, non-residential property market sales are down close to one-third relative to 2019. Looking ahead, preparing for a Christmas to remember, and perhaps not in a good way. Economic indicators to look out for during December. We will get the uh, employee jobs uh, for September 2020, which is the uh, key job survey in Northern Ireland. On the output side, we will get the uh, index of services and industrial production, which is mostly manufacturing, for the third quarter. And so we should watch out for some record rates of expansion following the record rates of, of decline in the second quarter. Looking ahead, sort of beyond Christmas, Clearly, progress on vaccine development has been good this year, and there are reasons to believe that the uh, rollout of an effective inoculation programme beginning perhaps in the next few months could eventually help life return to something like normal. In addition, it's the uh, medical profession's understanding of COVID-19 and the most effective ways to treat sufferers is improving all the time. What we have seen is that researchers have taken 10 months to create a vaccine that would typically take 10 years. So there are clearly reasons to be optimistic uh, going into 2021. While a breakthrough has been forthcoming as far as the development of a vaccine, one key area where we need to see a breakthrough concerns Brexit. At the time of recording, we still haven't got a UK-EU deal. And uh, as, as the Office for Budget Responsibility highlighted uh, only last week, failure to get a deal uh, would result in uh, a 2% hit to the UK economy in 2021. And that's clearly 
at a time when the, the economy needs at least and we need economic growth firing on all cylinders. I'm Richard Ramsey and thank you for listening. That was episode three, November 2020, Ulster Economics podcast, Breakthrough. You can stay up to date with uh, economic news by following our blog and on social media. Until next time, have a good Christmas. Christmas.